I just want to welcome you to church this morning. Church looks different than it normally does. We are in different locations. We are sitting in our homes. Um, maybe you're sitting on your couch or maybe you're gathered around your dining room table. But I just want to encourage you that this morning we're still going to have church together. We are the church. It's not a building. It's us. It's you and me. I love that that God refers to us as the church. And so the church can never shut down. We're just doing things a little bit differently for the next couple weeks. I wanna encourage you to worship with us. Worship is gonna kick off in just a few minutes. And I just wanna encourage you to wherever you're at, go ahead and stand up in your living room or stand up wherever you're at. Raise your hands and worship our Savior. The word talks about um, there's times where people were going through things and they worshiped in maybe an untraditional way. You wouldn't expect Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be able to worship in a fiery furnace, but yet they did just that. Or Jonah in the belly of a well, and still he worshiped our Savior. Or I love David when he danced in the streets and worshiped our Savior because that's who he was. He was a worshiper, and so he was going to worship regardless of where he was. And that's what I want to encourage you this morning. Go ahead and worship with us. When pastor gets up to preach, there's a, there's a comment spot where you can say amen or you can type, um, you're stepping on my toes or however you normally engage. We just want to engage with you this morning. We're so excited that even though things look differently, we can still worship with you. So this morning, I want to say welcome to church. Good morning, church. Wherever you are, I hope you're having a great morning and I hope you'll stand and worship with us today. We just want to give God praise this morning. We want to give him glory. And just remember that the victory is his today, tomorrow, next week. It's his. The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't Cause the God I serve knows only how to triumph My God will never fail No, my God will never fail I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory For the
God, we just praise you right now. God, that though we face things that come against us, and God, we know what's coming on. God, with the, with the enemy, and God, with the disease that's hitting, God, we know that you are in control right now. And God, we just pray that somehow you'll make a way. I don't know how, but God, some way you will come through. God, we put our trust and our hope completely on you right now. Oh God, do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Glory. It is good to be here worshiping with you. I know you're at home and I know this is different, but it is awesome to be in the house of God and just to worship Him. Since it's different and I really can't walk around too much because there's no one to walk around to right now, I asked the worship team to stay up here. So I've got somebody to preach to. So we're, we're moving these around. Thank you, Solomon. And, and, and we're going to try something. Um, I figured the only way I'm not going to walk around like crazy is if I sit down. I had somebody ask me last, last Sunday, was it hard to just stay there? And I said, no, it wasn't. I guess because I was sitting. So, so I'm going to try that. I, I'm just going to, but, but I can't count on it. I think I'll probably walk a little bit because that's, that's just, it feels weird to sit and preach. Hey, wanted to wanted to come to you though, and and last week I shared with you from Philippians chapter four. I, I'm not going to be able to sit, but but it'll feel like it's something right there if it's just there leaning against me. But in Philippians chapter four, we we talked where where Paul really we focused on this one phrase of saying, uh, "I'll be be anxious for nothing." To be anxious for nothing. And, and this week we're going to take it a little bit farther. So, so I want to read some more. Last week I stopped at verse 7. This week I'm going to keep going a little bit. But in Philippians 4 it says, Paul speaking in verse 6, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I like that. I, I like that. I want that. In the chaos of the world, I want that peace of God that surpasses my understanding, that surpasses all understandings. I, I want that peace of God. But, but, but it goes on... Paul tells us a little bit more how to get it. He says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, what, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditate on these things. And the things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. He switched it up on me right there. Did, did you catch it? At, at first it started out saying that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, 
But, but then he switches it on us, and he ends it at the end. He says, but the God of peace will be with you. You know, you know what I've learned is when I'm facing stuff and I'm facing trials, I can not only, I don't only have the peace of God, I also get to have the God of peace in my life. Because there's a difference. There's, you can have the peace of God and, and not have the God of peace in you. Some people I know that are Christians, they have the God of peace in them, but they don't have the peace of God in them. Because they're fearful and they're, 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 they're have anxiety that's built all up. But it's possible to walk in such a way that I not only have the peace of God in my life, but I've got the God of peace in my life. That's, that's what I'm after. So, so Paul says, Paul said where we focused on last week, and he said, be anxious for nothing, which I know is hard to do right now, with, with this, this fear and everybody. I can't believe the people who are, who are afraid. You know, it's the end time all over again is what I'm hearing. I, I don't know about that. I don't know if it's the end time, but I know we're living in the last days. I don't know if it's end time, but I don't have to fear about it. So, so where Paul's saying, uh, be anxious for nothing, uh, and I said last week, that's, you know, that's easy for you to say, Paul. But he, he gives us a key how to be anxious for nothing because he, he says, look, there, there are some things that you've got to learn to focus on in your life. You, you've got to focus on some things because the world's going to try and what they're after is your focus. They're after your thoughts, what, what you're really dwelling upon, what you're really focusing upon. And Paul says, I know that's the case, so, so be anxious and, and, and let me give you something else to think about. He said, whatever things are, are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are noble, whatever things are, are of good report, whatever things are true, praiseworthy, that's what you change your thinking to. I can't, I can't control every thought that comes into my mind, but I can control what I focus on. And Paul says, look, look, Focus on these things, whatever's pure, whatever's noble, whatever's lovely, whatever's true, whatever's praiseworthy, whatever is a good report. Focus on these things, dwell upon these things. It's, remember at the beginning, this, this is really the trap the enemy. Because when, when Adam and Eve was in the garden, We'll take it back to the original sin because I want you to see this, the the trick of the enemy right here. God told Adam and Eve, he said, look, look, anything in this garden, you can eat of it. It's all good for you. You can can eat of any tree. You can eat of anything you want except it's all good to eat. Everything I made was just for you, except don't, don't eat of the tree in the middle. So the enemy goes, you know, he's holding out on you. He, he's holding out. Why doesn't he want you to have that one? And he, he started the whole thing. He changed their whole focus not on all the blessings they had, not on everything that they could focus on, not on everything they could eat. He narrowed their focus on the one thing that God said, you can't have that. Because I want you to trust me. 
I want you. So, so he changed their focus. You would be, we would all be a lot better off if they just would have focused on all the goodness that they could have, right? We would have been so much better off if in the beginning, if they just would have focused on everything that is going right, everything that is going good, everything that God has given them. I'll tell you what though, I've learned you would be better off if you would learn how to focus on everything that is good. If you've learned to focus on everything that God is doing for you, if you learn to dwell on everything that God is doing right in your life, instead of focusing on the few little things that might be going wrong, that you don't even know if it's really going wrong, if it's really affecting you yet, you would be a lot better off if you would learn how to train your thought and focus on what God really has in store for you. So Paul says, look, if you're going to live this life, if you're going to have not only the peace, the God of peace in your life, but the peace of God that surpasses your understanding, then you better think about something else. Whatever is praiseworthy, whatever is noble, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is good report, whatever is true, that's what you got to think about. And you got to realize, Paul didn't have much to think about that would have been good. When he's writing this, he's in a prison. I don't think there's probably a whole lot. He had to have focused his thoughts on what God has spoken over him in his life. Because it would have been easy to say, well, I don't know if there's anything praiseworthy. I just got beat last night. I just got thrown in this prison. Have you seen the scraps that they gave me to eat? But Paul's still saying, whatever's Good report. Whatever is good report. You know, there's a lot of bad report out there. Amen? We're, we're focused with, we're overwhelmed with bad report. But Paul says, no, whatever is good report. Whatever is good report. He, he says this, watch this, and he, he gives a little instructions. He to the church in Corinth in 2 Corinthians 10. He says this in verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. Here's what it's for. For pulling down strongholds. Casting down arguments. How many need some arguments you need cast down? Come on. I'm tired of listening to some of the arguments. I, I'm ready to cast something down. For casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. He goes on, bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. He's saying, look, what I know, I know we're focused on the flesh, but we don't war according to the flesh. It, it, that's not the battle. We don't war according to the flesh. The weapons aren't carnal. It, it's divine. So, so, and every weapon God's given us is for the pulling down of strongholds. The casting down of arguments. Now, don't go arguing with people saying this is godly right now. I'm just saying this is what in your mind. The thoughts in your mind. 
Uh, don't, don't go picking fights and just trying to argue with everybody, okay? Don't, don't do that. Don't, don't. But, but in your mind, the arguments, you know what I'm talking about? The arguments that come up in your mind uh, that try to exalt themselves uh, above the thoughts of God that He has for you? Those arguments that, that come into you? Those arguments that, that, those, that bring those thoughts that are against what God has spoken into your life? Tell you what, right now there's arguments like crazy. If you're just listening to it in your mind, there's arguments like crazy that's just going along. I mean, there's these arguments that, that just come up. That, that is, that is what, if, what, if, what if I lose my job over this? What, what, if, what, if, what if I get sick? What if, what if someone in my family gets sick that, 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 that I love? What, what if, have you seen the economy right now taking the, the nosedive? What if it all just, what if I end up losing my house? The arguments that just flood because I've learned I can't control my thoughts and the enemy will throw thoughts into my head, but I can take hold of those thoughts, those arguments that don't line up with God's Scripture and bring those thoughts under subjection. So, so, so when the enemy, here, here's what, what happens, because, because sometimes we, mis, mis, we mistake fact for truth. Come on, I, I, I know, I know we've, we've, we've been taught to distinguish between fact and fiction, you know, don't believe everything you see on Facebook. Don't believe everything, you know. Hey, see if it's fact. Line up with the facts. See if it's fact or if it's fiction. Uh, line up in this area. But, but I'm, I'm telling you, we've got to take it a step farther. Because I think we've got to distinguish between fact and truth. I mean, Paul said whatever's true. Think on these things. And the enemy, with his arguments will present us with facts. In fact, every day I wake up, there's a new fact. And, it, and all the facts are changing constantly. The facts are, are being changed. I mean, from where this disease came from to how many sick to what the symptoms are, everything, it seems to just change. And the facts are always changing. But the, but the truth, isn't changing. So I don't line it up with, is it fact? I line up with it, is it true? So when the enemy presents to me and tries to give me facts that come against me, and the facts might say that the economy is going down, but the truth says, my God shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory. You see, there's a difference sometimes between fact and truth. So when the facts are saying, you're going to get sick, the truth truth is that my God is my healer and by His stripes. It's not just we are healed, but we were healed. So nothing that forms against me will prosper that comes against me because that's the truth of it. There's a difference between fact and truth and I have to decide that I'm going to hold on to the truth and let the facts that come against the arguments of the Word of God leave me. You see, I don't have to, I don't have to dwell on, on facts because I've got truth. 
And Paul said, Paul said this, he said, take that thought captive. Hold on to that thought. You know, I, I, and I said, I can't, I can't always control the thoughts that come into my head. I wish I could. There's sometimes I think, why did I just think that? I come out of nowhere. There's sometimes that these, I, and, I, and I've learned if I dwell on it too long, I'll start getting fearful, laying in bed, getting get sick to my stomach, worrying about all this stuff because I'm thinking on thoughts that are just flooding in. So I can't always control my thoughts, but I can always, I can listen, I can always control the thoughts I hold on to. That I can always do. I can always control the thoughts that I grab hold of. That, that, I, that I just grasp. That, that the, you know, the truth in His Word. You know, there's sometimes I've just got to, I've got to, in order to make it, I've got to find me a promise in the Word of God and I've got to hold on to it. There's sometimes when it's, when it's the economy really hitting and I become get afraid, I've got to find some scripture in here that my God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And I've got to find some scripture that says that He will supply all my needs according to His riches. Not my riches. Not even the economy's riches or the government's riches, but according to His riches and glory. I've got to find me some scripture and hold on to those thoughts for dear life because it is it will feed me where the enemy's thoughts destroy me and he said he said look take those thoughts captive but but I was looking at it and it kind of caught me off a little bit because he said bring every thought into captivity every thought I, I just told you to have some bad thoughts sometimes surely you don't want me to bring those into captivity and hold those alright I, I, I get the good thoughts the thoughts in his word that's truth that's life I get that, but he said bring every thought. Every thought. That means good thoughts and bad thoughts I'm supposed to bring in captivity. Not just the good ones. I've, I've got to learn to bring the bad thoughts too. Every thought. And, and, I, and I think, why do I need to be so aware that I bring every thought into captivity because I've learned, I've learned in wartime, when you bring something into captivity, you bring that prisoner into captivity, I've learned you get to interrogate it a little bit. Right? When the enemy captures prisoners, they don't just throw them in the dungeon and hold them. They, they interrogate them. They question them. 
Because they want to know the motives behind. Why, why does Paul say bring every thought? Because I've learned that sometimes when the enemy throws, keeps throwing a certain thought into my head, I've got to learn to catch that and question, why is the enemy attacking me this way? Why does he keep attacking me in this way? Why is it that I only worry about the finances and God's saying, look, I'm trying to teach you to trust that your one area. You're not trusting completely in me. You're trusting the economy. You're trusting on everything else. But I've learned if I can grab hold of even that thought and I can question what's the motive behind because the enemy sometimes uh, he begins to attack you in areas that he sees that God wants to bless you. He begins to attack you in areas uh, that he sees that God's wanting to take you to the next level. So if I can learn to grab hold of even those thoughts into my life, then I can realize where God has taken me to my next place with Him. I can begin to trust in Him for that next level of faith of where He's taken me to. I can begin to trust that God still has it all under control. I'm telling you, the blessings come when you take hold of what the enemy's trying to do and bring those thoughts under subjection, bring them into captivity, and then line them up with the Word of God and trust in Him that He will do what He said He will do in your life. So Paul said, Paul said, readjust your thinking. And especially in this time when, when we want to be scared and anxious and worry about it all. Paul's saying, look, no, readjust your thinking. Whatever things are pure, whatever things are noble, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, whatever things are praiseworthy, think on these things. Think on these things. Hold that thought. You know, that's, you've heard that phrase, hold that thought. Paul started that. He needs to get the credit for it. That, that came from him. Hold that. If it's good, if it's from God, hold that. Hold that thought. Not, not what comes around and what just everything that throws in your head, but if it if it lines up with the truth, hold that thought. You know, I, I was thinking right right now in this place place where I, you don't get to hold a whole lot of things. Right, you've got you've got to stay away from everybody. Six feet away. Notice I haven't got too close either side. I've been, been <laughs> keeping my distance a little bit. But there are some things I can hold on to that will bring me peace, that will bring me comfort. They'll bring me the security that I need. 
And if I can just grab hold of that. Because I promise you, the same way that the enemy speaks, God speaks. The same way the enemy speaking in your life, God speaking in your life. And those promises that he has for me, I'm going to hold on to that. Because I've got a God that doesn't, it's not affected, he's not affected at all. His promises aren't affected by what's going on around me. And what he's done for me before, he'll do for me again. He's the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. And I'm going to hold on to him. I want to challenge you right where you're at. Well, will you just ask God, the God of peace? Right where you're at, will you just ask that God of peace? to give you the peace that only comes from Him. And when the enemy's throwing everything your way, everything that comes against you, will you grasp hold of the thoughts that He has for you, the plans that He has for you? He's a good God. And He takes care of His people. Father, right now, I know you're in control. And God, I know that you will continue to do what you said you'll do. I know it might seem like, God, I thought things would be better by now, or I didn't think it would be like this. God, I'm still going to trust in you. And your promises that you've spoken on to, to me, God, I'm holding on to them. Your plans, I'm holding on to them. God, your love, your peace, I'm holding on to it. Why would I grab hold of anything else? I'm holding on to you, God. Because you're faithful. God, right now we put our trust in you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Right where you're at, will you just stand one more time? And just worship a God who's faithful and keeps his promises.
fulfilled. And because he's faithful, we can be faithful. And right now, I know it's different, but we're still going to give of our tithes and our offerings to him. There's many ways you can give. You can text, you can give online. Thankfully, our blessings aren't limited on how we give to him. It's just that we give. That we're faithful. And I want to pray this blessing, speak it over your life. I do this every week and I'm still going to do it for you. Because I believe there's power in his word and the blessings he has for us. So I want to speak those over them, declare them over you. And I proclaim over you this morning as a tithing Christian the blessings of our faithful and loving Heavenly Father. As a tither, you're not limited to the ups and downs of the economy of this world system because the scriptures declare that the blessings of Abraham are upon us and set us apart and make us to prosper in all situations, whether they're favorable or unfavorable. So as the heavens are open over this church and over this congregation, I speak this blessing over you. I call forth jobs for the unemployed, meaningful jobs with good paying benefits, things that have been held up in the court, such as your inheritance, godly settlements, and other legal matters be settled in Jesus' name so you may have what is rightfully yours without any further delay. Those of you who are living as entrepreneurs or those who work in sales and commissions, I speak that God's favor be upon you so that deals and opportunities to excel will come your way. I call forth raises and bonuses to those who need them. I speak that you find money unexpectedly, and that unexpected checks come in the mail right out of nowhere as a gift from heaven just for you. I speak the word increase over you. I speak abundance to overtake you. Such abundance that you miraculously come out of debt so that the stress of those debts will release your mind and that God's peace will return to you quickly. I now release God's blessings to go forth for you and your family because this is your covenant blessing. I bless you this morning in Jesus' name. And right where you are, will you just declare it? Say amen. He's faithful. Church, we love you. We're praying for you. And we're believing uh, because we know we serve a God who takes care of his people, that God's going to take care of you.